just uh, praise you for this day, how much you mean to us and how much you have provided for us for a place that we can come to and, and worship you freely and enjoy each other in fellowship. And Lord, most of all, that we get to worship you and what you have done for us. In your name I pray, amen. Oh, last time I was up here, I was nervous. Now that I'm up here again, I'm nervous. <laughs> very nervous. This week was a very difficult week. Um, as I was diving into this and being challenged by this scripture, Satan was uh, attacking from every possible angle that he could, he did. And uh, I want to thank everybody that uh, was praying for me this week, because uh, that's, what, that's what's carried me through into this point, and I'm standing up here today. So, we're on Genesis chapter 4, the whole chapter, and I'd like to go ahead and read that. And then we'll break it down and have some fun with it. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel in his, his offering. But for Cain in his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very ang angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you in its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him would attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. 
to Enoch was born Irad, and Irad fathered Mehujal, and Mehujal fathered Methusel, and Methusel fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. And Adel bore Jabal. He was a father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. The father, he was a father of all those who play the lyre and the pipe. Zillah also bore Tubal Cain, and he was a forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal Cain was Namah. And Lamech said to his wife, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seven, seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again. She bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and his name was Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Today, I, I, I want to talk to you about matters of the heart. Because as we read this, these scriptures, to me, the thing that jumped out the most was the, matter, the, the conditions of the heart of the players. And we're going to look at four different hearts. And the first heart we're going to look at is Eve. Now, Eve was in the garden when the sin first entered. And uh, she saw what they had disappear because of what they had done. But because of God's promise, where he promised her, I will put... Uh, Enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, you shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. She was hopeful. She knew that God had provided a way to return back into his presence. She was hopeful because uh, God had given her his, a son, Cain. And uh, she was uh, hoping that Cain would provide that fulfillment of God's promise that uh, the serpent's head would be bruised and crushed. And like many after her, she was looking for one who would deliver her from these sins. And like so many others, she was impatient for it to happen. She wanted it to happen in her lifespan on her timetable. And as we can see, God has a plan that is bigger than Eve's plan. Eve already knew that God was going to keep his word but like the aftermath of the sin entering this world and the long and lasting reach of it, God's plan and love are further reaching and much more powerful. Okay, and then we're going to go into the heart of Abel and the heart of Cain. And these two kind of go together in a way. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. And Cain was a farmer. He tilled the ground. And uh, they each had work that they were responsible for. And neither job held more esteem than the other. They were both necessary for survival for the family. 
Now, as time passed, Cain had brought an offering of the fruit of his ground, the fruit of the ground of the land that he had toiled on and tilled and cared for. And Abel brought forth the firstborn of his flock and the fat or rich portions of this uh, firstborn. And God had held Abel's gift in high regard, but not Cain. Now, Abel did not really bring a more excellent gift than Cain. They brought different offerings, but the actual substance of the, but not in the actual substance of the gift. They both gave something that they had been put over. Um, a different talent, I guess you could say. But it's not that. It was not the actual gift that was uh, caused God to reject one and accept the other, but it was the heart of the giver. It was the heart of those who offered them. Abel had offered his gift in faith, but Cain had not. In Hebrews 11.4 it says, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. And God commended him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And in all the ages, there have been two sorts of worshipers, such as Cain and Abel, namely proud, hardened despisers of the gospel method of salvation, who attempt to please God in ways of their own devising, and humble believers, those who draw near to him in the way that he has revealed. So in other words, Cain brought his offering for the heart of pride. Hey, this is what I have brought. This is what I have done. And Abel was bringing his offering, and he had our heart full of humbleness, devotion, and faith. And because his brother's offering was accepted and his was not, Cain harbored a malignant anger towards him and a spirit of discontent and rebellion towards God. He was angry, and in verse 5 it says that he was angry and that his face fell. And I like the way the Amplified Bible puts it. It says that he looked annoyed and hostile. So if you, if you think God is not aware of your attitude, in verse 6 and 7 will provide, prove otherwise. God can see what is in your heart, and then he can provide a way to overcome the sin that is there. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you shed your rebelliousness, your selfish pride, if you walk with me, then you will receive mercy and be accepted. Now, the rest of verse 7, we look at that. It says, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It is desire, its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. We can kind of see that in two different ways. In the first way, if you do not, well, do not do well, sin is waiting to capture you. And your thoughts, and to persuade you to follow your own will, and not the will of God. Or in another way, another 
original word that was used for sin in this verse actually has two meanings. Sin, sin offering. So if you read it in that way, you have, so if you do sin, there is a sin offering waiting at the door. And in Revelations 3.20, that tells, it tells us who that is. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and lets me in, I will eat with him and him with me. So that sin offering is the one offering that would suffice, and that would be Jesus. And his way is contrary to ours. When we are prideful and full of ourselves, he is full of the glory of God. But if we surrender to him, we can be counted as righteous. Well, obviously, Cain did not do that. He did not open that door. And his heart hardened. And the bitterness in his heart led Cain to take his brother, his younger brother, that he should love, that he should protect. And he took him out into the field and he murdered him in, cold, in a cold, calculated way. It doesn't really give any more than that. This is murdered him. Cain's must, heart must have been filled with such hatred, pride, and disbelief that not only did he commit this horrible crime, but when God asked him, where is your brother? He denies the crime with a deliberate lie. I do not know. And then... With disdain, he says, am I my brother's keeper? At this point, I believe Cain's heart had fully turned to sin. And in 1 John 3.12, we are encouraged not to be like Cain, whose heart had been turned over to the evil one to the point of hating and murdering his own brother. You know, at I know most of us are, are Christians and we strive to follow Christ. And there's times in our lives that we do everything we can, we feel that we can do to serve God. And sometimes we see others do some things and maybe our heart feels a little twinge of, oh, look at that. He's done such a great thing. I wish, I wish that would have been me that could have done that. You know, like Cain was told, if you do, you do what you have in your heart, if you do with the talents and the gifts that God provides and gives you, you will be accepted. It's a matter of your heart. Is your heart willing to surrender to him, or is your heart ready to battle him? So God asked Cain, what have you done? God already knew what he'd done. He goes, he confronts him with the truth. God finds him guilty of a sin. He hears the blood of Abel crying from the ground. You can imagine Cain actually killing Abel knowing that he's going to be asked about this 
and in the ground that he had once toiled in and brought to serve bounty for his family, he put in a different kind of seed, his own brother. And that's going to bring forth a different kind of crop than what he was used to growing. God found him guilty of the sin and pronounced his sentence. He exiled him from the ground he had worked, and he exiled him from the family that he knew. The ground he would no longer be able to take his hand and provide the bounty he was used to. His work had become empty and futile because of his heart. And he was driven away from the family he had known and from his parents' home. And while many might consider that this was a just punishment for this crime, Cain did not. He realized he could no longer enjoy harvesting from the earth. And he could no longer enjoy his family. He was having to leave them. So Cain protested, not of his sin, but of his punishment. Not of his sinful nature, but of what he would have to endure. It shows a great hardness of the heart to be more concerned with our sufferings than with our sin. So here we have a faithful and devoted heart of Abel, realizing that he was not enough to be counted as righteous. And then we have the deceitful, proud heart of Cain, who was envious that God did not favor what he had brought to the table, what he had offered. So. God went away, so excuse me, so Cain was sent away from the presence of God. Now I understand God is everywhere. So how can someone leave the presence of God? Because his heart would not change. He still still stubbornly remained proud and, and Greedy. He did not feel God's call upon his heart before or after the murder of his brother. He felt that he alone would be sufficient for his own salvation. Cain had cast off all fear of God and attended no more to God's decrees. Verses 17-24 of this chapter It shows the extent that this hardened heart had on his family and how it would fall to the sin nature. Cain sought out to build cities since agriculture was no longer available to him. For five generations, Cain's descendants began to master the things that brought them great renown. Here was a father of shepherds and a father of musicians but not a father of the faithful. Here is, one who, here is one that was able to teach about brass and iron, but not teach about the knowledge of the Lord. And here are the devices on how to be rich, to make merry, but nothing of God, and of fear and of service. You know, this is, this is a great warning to, to fathers and on bringing up your children and your heart as a father 
if you turn your if your heart is turned over to God and you are under his authority and then the your descendants will also fall under your authority and under God's authority and be raised with these things of being faithful a knowledge of the Lord and to be fearful of him and of his service and then six Cain's sixth generation grandson is Lamech. And he was the first one to have more than one wife. And he boasts of having more vengeance than God. Since God had pledged seven times a sevenfold vengeance upon anyone that would kill Cain, Lamech says his revenge is 77 times. This lineage of Cain shows the depths of depravity men will lean into when they harden their hearts towards God, settling their minds for only the present worldly matters. And this heart of Cain, which was full of envy and pride, devoured by sin, down to the heart of Lamech, who was full of hate and revenge. Now at the very first we spoke of the heart of Eve, who was full of hope. And here her hope had been dashed by the act of, of her firstborn. And how his uh, pride had uh, crushed her hope. And then we find out that Eve bore a son again, and they named his name Seth. So again, her heart was filled with hope that one of her sons would be the one that God would use to defeat the serpent. And God again had given her the son, infusing her heart with a hope that God will provide the way. And that is God's heart. God's heart is that he does provide a way. He provided a way to fulfill his promise to, to Eve into the serpent, and like he provides a way for us so that we may be in his presence. And that's through his son, Jesus. Now, God had created man in his own image, one that he desires to be with. But since man had let, enter, had let sin enter into his life, rebelling against God, and a way to be counted as righteous was needed. And God keeps his promise and he provided that way through his son, Jesus. You know, this week, I, I planned to give you all a challenge. And since I'm giving you a challenge, I have to take the challenge too. And I challenge each one of you to search your heart to see where it lies. To see if it is faithful or to see if it's proud. To see what strongholds of sin still lurk and see what you have surrendered. No, we're not perfect. And yes, we may be better than what we once was. But God, he has a plan for us and to serve him 
to glorify Him. And God will provide us a way to do that. If you'll bow with me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, God, we give you thanks. Because you have provided a way, Lord, you provided a, a sinless sacrifice. You stood at the door while we broke your heart. And it covered us with his goodness, with his blood. So that we may be with you and be in your presence. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that we accept this challenge and, and examine our hearts, not against each other or against ourselves, but Lord, against, but against what you have told us and taught us to be. In your name I pray.